Welcome to the Fan Engagement Pod. Before we dive into today's episode about shadow boards, I thought it worth just laying out the position we appear to be in when it comes to fan engagement as part of the government's fan-led review. This is, after all, the context for all the discussions about the reform of fan engagement. First of all, the recommendations of the fan-led review are still waiting to be implemented. Whether fan engagement, financial reforms and redistribution, or women's football, etc., etc., the review is what underpins everything, or at least is expected to. This, after all, is a review that was pledged in a manifesto ordered by government and whose recommendations the government have signed off. That government is still in place and even when Boris Johnson's successor is named, will still be. The only thing that can change the current course is if the government itself changes its mind. With the resignation of Boris Johnson, that is, of course, a possibility, but we simply don't know yet. Secondly, the Premier League has opted to go ahead with introducing its fan engagement standard. They have already begun the process with a paper having been sent to clubs outlining how it should or will work. This will focus on embedding requirements in the Premier League's rulebook for greater transparency and a culture of fan engagement and better leadership in this area. That is, of course, a good thing. Having such rules 20 years ago would have meant we probably would have avoided many of the crises football has collectively faced in that time. However, let's focus on what that means for a moment. What that means is that the Premier League is opting to do something and adding rules to its rulebook, rules which are not there by the consent of anyone other than the 20 member clubs. Whether they do or do not withdraw those rules is not the issue. The issue is that the clubs themselves retain control of them. That is not the same as a regulator doing so. This is also not the same as football operating collectively to solve a problem. This is the Premier League acting in place of any other leadership determining any other course of action. In any normal industry, this is where the governing body would act. But we all know why that's not happening. Our governing body, the FA, can't govern the game, which is why the fan-led review even exists. Whatever the reason that the Premier League have opted to do this, and they are masters, at using their dominant position to shape the outcome of such processes, it will be far more concerned with their own position than that of the game as a whole. They are a member association of 20 clubs, and they rarely, if ever, act for any other reason. That is the, the fact. And what of the EFL and its 72 member clubs? They are, and I stand to be corrected, nowhere to be seen on this issue. There are possible reasons for this. One, they're waiting to see what the Premier League comes up with. Two, they don't think it important enough to take a stand on. Three, they're waiting for the independent regulator to be created. Four, it's a mixture of the three. Or five, there's another reason I haven't considered. That is entirely possible. Whatever the reason, everyone doing their own thing is not a tenable course of action if we are to see the real changes to fan engagement underpinned by proper regulation that we must have. At the very least, I think there needs to be a much more open discussion in the industry about how some of these reforms will actually work and not merely a confidential paper circulated amongst 20 member clubs of one part of the professional pyramid, even if it happens to be the very top. In the latest edition of the Fan Engagement Pod, I try to get my head 
around a major recommendation of the fund and reviews proposed reforms and a major plank of the Premier League's new fund engagement standard. I chat with Sean Lockwood, Chief Operations Officer of Doncaster Rovers and Dave Matthews-Jones, Fans Elected Director of Cambridge United Football Club, as part of my attempt to create and contribute to the discussion. Both clubs are at different stages of implementing shadow board structures and I will now chat with them about where they are and why they think the structure matters to their clubs and to football more widely. I'll be continuing this theme in the coming months, out announcing uh, some exciting news soon about how. Keep an eye out on fanengagement.net and in the meantime, please like, subscribe and share. It really does help our visibility in a crowded podcast world. So I've got Sean and uh, Dave Matthews Jones. So Sean is the Chief Operations Officer at Doncaster Rovers, and and um, Dave is the still the existing supporter director, fan elected director at Cambridge United. So um, so so yeah, and obviously with the fan review, that's brought forward this idea of shadow boards. I'll be completely honest with you; I have no idea where it came from, um, and I've been in the this side of the business for 20 years now. I've never really heard of the concept until it came out in the fan-led review. Um, and the reason I got you two together was because, A, um, you're, you kind of tend to be amongst the best in class anyway. The fan engagement index shows that when it comes to the fan engagement. But moreover, the most important thing is that both of you are at slightly different stages of implementing shadow boards. Right, and uh, in the case of Doncaster Rovers, um, they're migrating their existing supporters board and basically kind of turning that into the shadow board over a period of time through process. Whereas Cambridge United are consulting widely on on how it's going to look and what it's going to do, etc., etc., etc. So um, that's why we're doing this, and I think it's important because there's an educational piece about this and about the approach, and I think also anyone who implements this. Um, you know, the Premier League are talking about their fan engagement standard now and publishing everything very short, very soon, as I understand. I want them to, 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 you know, and people like that to be able to reflect on what they're doing, speaking to people, listening to people who are doing this already and going through the process. So just the first question is to both of you, I suppose, first of all, I'll, I'll ask Dave, what, what is a shadow board for you or, or you know or is that part of the process you're in what's it what what's it going to do what's it going to because it's going to replace a lot of things that happen at cambridge united at the moment including your role um i think um it's about engagement and transparency and allowing for supporters who have never had the opportunity to uh discuss things with their clubs the opportunity to do so we've been fairly lucky over the years and we've had some ups and downs concerning the fan engagement um however i do think we have a responsibility to uh with godrick being on the uh tracy crouch committee and um ian maffer being involved in fair game we have a responsibility to all of the other football clubs to get something in place 
and be one of the leading clubs to do so. So other clubs can see where where we are and what we're trying to do and have um, the opportunity to put something in place that is similar. So we're going through the stage where now we have a supporters trust, trust Cambridge Fans United, which has been around for the last 20 odd years, was linked with supporters direct. They're being consulted. We set up a few years ago the Cambridge United Supporters Panel, and um, which is other clubs will call them parliaments, um, which is um, about the day-to-day match day involvement. So they're being consulted. And we've also um, want to try and make it as diverse as possible. And at the moment, we're, we're talking to, there's a Facebook group called Amber Bells, which is for female supporters. Um, so we're talking to them as well. And to start off with, a culmination of those three groups and possibly one other, which we're still to discuss, um, will set up the original panel. And then going forward um, in the future, it will evolve and maybe bring on experts um, experts and um, more a more diverse group. Um, I think that a lot of it is also going to be about personalities. If we can do it properly and we get the right personalities in place, then we can ensure that it is a success. What the manifesto or the plan is for it in the future, the um, skeleton of what they're going to discuss, that's still to be totally um, agreed. But I think that there is an opportunity to set it up and then evolve it and find where it goes on its journey. I think football clubs have to be open. The boards of football clubs have to be open. Supporters have to be realistic as well. Um, But it's a step forward and a large step forward from the days when I first knew you, Kevin, and the I think it was Tony Banks and David Mellon, and you were talking about um, the task force and things like that and the journey on. So we've got to make sure it's a success. Okay, so um, I'll just very quickly pick up a couple of points um, and then go to Sean. Is um, Godric? Can you very just quickly give me a, a one line on who Godric is? So Godric. Godric is a supporter of Cambridge United. Yeah. He's also on the board. Yeah. He was on Tracy Cat Crouch's um, committee panel yeah. um, discussing the uh, the um, fans' lab review. So. We were probably the only club that had a direct person into that group. So I feel that we have a responsibility to ensure that we are the first and not the 92nd club to take this on. Okay. Um, fine, I'll pick up some other bits on after I've spoken to Sean. So, Sean, what you've done is you're, you're, you're doing it slightly differently. You've identified that the supporters board that exists at the moment um, can be initially migrated across and then you work on that over time to establish it as the shadow board the first thing i'll question i'll ask is is that is that going to replace all the other relationships you've got are you still going to have the relationships directly with the supporters trust um and, and and those kinds of relationships or is this going to replace everything how do you see this panning out for 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 doncaster rovers 
I don't think it replaced those those relationships. So we take an example for the trust. For example, we've we've got a memorandum of understanding with the trust, which means that we have to consult on on major decisions with them anyway. Um, and and that's been something that we've held for some time now. So if we want to do something such as, and we've got no plans to do this, but change the badge, for example, or, or relocate the stadium or on anything kind of major to the to the infrastructure, whether that be physical or or intangible to a certain extent, then when we have to consult with the trust. So I don't think that would replace uh, anything we're doing with the shadow ball would replace that. I think there's two separate things and, and there's two different relationships with that. But we're kind of open anyway. So like the, the supporters club, we don't have an MOU um, because the club, the supporters club from that side of things aren't um, aren't as probably as progressive as a trust and that's not being disrespectful to them, but they, they organise in a slightly different way in terms of they organise away travel and, and and represent fans on that side of things. So, but again, we consult with that regardless. We we kind of always had a kind of an approach of, of being open and honest for the past probably decade or so now. So the reason we've taken the approach we've done is we already had a supporters board in place that had members from the supporters trust, the um two was three but now two different supporters clubs uh, branches that we've had uh, the women's supporters group uh, the black bank supporters group uh, which is kind of our, our section behind the goal and then some independent fans as well so we already had a supporters board in place with with 12 people and over the past six or seven years that's been operation we've we've consulted heavily on different operational activities that take place in the club so season tickets is always one that comes out on a regular basis um, we've we changed our season ticket strategy based on feedback from the supporters board with that in mind so we created 22 to 24 a few years ago in terms of major category that came from that group um, this year they've we came with a proposal they completely picked it up and, and helped us start again so we heavily consult from that side I think our thought process was there is no template on this everyone's working blind we read the fan led review read what a shadow board should look like we kind of think we're, we're partway there with the supporters board that we've got in place at this moment in time. So we've taken the decision to migrate those across to become a shadow board um, as a almost a work in progress evolution, similar to what David was saying there. That will have a have more prominence and that profile will be raised by the individuals on that group for the next 12 months. And then we'll start elections to that board um, moving forward after that hopefully there's a little bit more clarification of what shadow board should look like and, and the democratic process in place but also we've we're doing this from a position of strength then and, and not a position of weakness and not really knowing and it's it's a big panic we've got to do this we've already got a, a medium and a platform in place so let's let's use that as well as we can so that i mean that for me that's the um the key point there is two 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 kind of similar points or something I would draw out of what Dave was saying and something that you kind of said pretty explicitly, which is there is, people are flying blind on it. There's a lot of, there's kind of a lot of rushing around. Um, and without doubt, you know, the, 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 the Premier League moving very fast to try to come up with ideas in this area, <clears throat> which is very welcome. I don't, I don't um, dismiss it, don't get me wrong. But with all these things, if the process isn't thoughtful and thought through, um and 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 um then it then it can become it that's kind of almost a recipe for a fad <clears throat> for something that um that doesn't 
you know that just gets applied because you you feel like you have to do it and to some extent some people might and i think there's an element by the sounds of it with both of you in an, in a very non-cynical way uh where you're you're trying to make sure that you've got what's required in place in advance and that makes sense anticipating it and saying well we might as well take control of this and and shape it around what we need um and also you start to set you know you're set you're set to some extent the pattern of how others do it i ask that's a good that's what leadership is that's in, in part that's seizing the moment etc i suppose the thing that worries me with other people's approach to it is that to some extent um further up the pyramid there could be an accusation that it's being rushed at um too quickly without necessarily looking at what it doing it in the, the way you're doing it and working with existing structures i don't know i don't know what the process is in the premier league but that slightly concerns me and i like the idea that there's some thought behind it so are you talking to other people other or other clubs talking to you about any of this have any has anyone got in touch with you from further up i mean i'm i'd be i'd be wonderful if if um if people from all over the period were contacting clubs like yours is or has this been you have you two been basically just kind of getting on with it and you haven't really that hasn't really happened uh sean from i'm gonna say i think from a doctor's rover's perspective um we read the fan review when we had several meetings with the existing supporters board on the fan review and, and the recommendation sections and I've got them in front of me about the, the section 7.2, which was the discussion about the, the shadow board itself. Um, we've had a look at there isn't there isn't really a, a template of this as, as we discussed. So we've kind of looked at what how we can implement those recommendations and follow them as close as we can based on what's in that guidance. Um, we start that process by within the, the supporters body itself, they've now elected their own chair. Uh, which is a support and a vice chair. So they've done that from from within. And I know some clubs and, and our chair, Derek Daniels, and vice chair, James Erickson, have, have looked at other clubs to see what they're doing. There isn't a lot at this stage, I would say, um, across that. Um, I think you're right in terms of the, the fad, but I also think that there's, um, some of our supporters have said, this is just spin, it's not a, a genuine thing. And I think that, take a bit of umbrage on that from our side of things because I think even through, you know, your own research that you've done, Kev, we've got a good history of, of being up there for engagement and consultation. And I'd rather us be, people be criticising the fact that we are trying to do something than sat there waiting for it to happen because if we're arguing about a process, that's better than arguing about an outcome for me. Um, and the process is, is still up for discussion. Um and, and debate on that. But I mean, I remember the support of the liaison officers came out and, you know, we're looking that we had a, we've got a supporter who's one of our trust members who's also been part of the FSA and, and FSF before that. And, and they knew a lot about the support liaison project. And we appointed a fan from that side of things where a lot of other clubs just went on and give it an employee, which wasn't the kind of purpose of that role. It was for your, an, an independent person. And, separate from the club so they don't feel like they are working for the club and, and they can have that independence so there is a danger it'll become a fad but again I think that's when what happens and it won't be implemented the right way but that's what happens when people are told to do something rather than well let's look at how we do this and how it works for us as an organisation but also how it works especially for supporters of that organisation you, you, your organisational pyramid starts with supporters at the top uh, and everybody else works below them because that should be the key 
Okay, Dave. Uh, I think that um, time, good ideas are killed by time. And I think that um, if if it's left too long, it will just um, soften and soften and soften. And like Sean is saying, the fans-led review is very weak in saying how this is going should be set up and everything. The, the hereditary things are important, and that's good that fans will be having involvement. But supporters' trusts for many years have been saying we wanted more input into football clubs um, and the dealings and what's going on. So I think that this is a really positive step and it needs to go forward. Um, I watched Crazy Trouch's um, evidence and she said football clubs don't need to wait for this to, or for the fans let review to become law. No. They can do a lot of this themselves and You're we right. can do no. this. Uh, sorry to cut across you, Dave. You're right, but in the absence of leadership, and you're right, uh, you know, um, if you kind of extend it a little bit and say nature abhors a vacuum, the problem with stretching it out and, you know, for time immemorial to get, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting for something to come through, then the good idea dies, right? And it gets filled by something else. But I would say the problem is that in the absence of leadership, uh, uh, and I mean by that, really, if I'm if I'm being frank, the EFL should be leading on this for you too, in my view. The for Cambridge United Football Club and for Doncaster Rose, they should be a they should be contacting you and saying, right, we need to look at the supporters board, the shadow board process. I'm not asking for you to, to comment on this, by the way, but I think they should be contacting you. And go right, we want to take the lead on this. We want to get these implemented across the EFL. Um, how are how are you doing? Because in the end, I think this does look like a transition. In, in truth, this really looking. I just had a quick look, another look at the recommendations, and this is the problem: they're recommendations. They're not. Nothing is being imposed, which I think is also key. I think this idea that oh well, all clubs are slightly different. It's nonsense. All clubs are the same at the heart at heart of it. That's why you all play in a football pyramid, and there are characteristics that are very similar, which is why we have regulations applying to all of you. But I think the EFL should be contacting you and saying right. What is it that you, Doncaster, think is happening here? What What are we doing, Dave? What What is it? Why are you going through the process you are? What is it you envisage happening? Because, in the end, the point, the, the concern, the biggest concern I have, is that this goes from. So essentially, we've got a fans parliament, a, a supporters parliament, fans parliament at Doncaster Rovers, which is, which is basically what the supporters previous supporters board was under how we score it in the fan engagement index. You've got um, uh, the supporters panel, Dave. Similar thing. Um, now, the, the the thing is, is if all that happens is is everyone adopts a supporters parliament and now calls it a shadow board instead, then that that's not that's not what this is about. What the point in the end is that you're meant to be interrogating the club on what it does, why it does it, and it's going to be uncomfortable for clubs as well because there are some clubs, and I can think of them now, and I'm sure we all know which which they are that are going to find this deeply uncomfortable being scrutinised on these issues. Um, but I think the embracing of it, and to some extent, Premier League moving on it is good, whatever their motives are, you know, which, you know, are probably not simply about good fan engagement, but I suspect there's some management of the political process of the fan-led review here. But I think the EFL should be doing that too. And I think they should be talking to the experts on it and the people who've done this. So that's my worry is that, all of this good stuff that's going on with you two, well, I would expect you two to be doing it. But what I would like to see is for 
the people who are supposed to be leading the game going to you and saying, right, we need to we need to get some of what your process is and some of your outcomes. And we need to pull those into something that enables us to roll that across the game. <laughs> you can comment on that or not. But that that's my concern is that it is that all we end up with is a patchwork again um, of of. Um, of various initiatives and in about two years time we all go so where did that leave us <laughs> no comment <laughs> i'm i'm gonna think of a comment and i'm gonna try and be respectful with the comment i think the problem you have is even if the nfl sort of that leads as you were suggesting there and said all clubs need to do this and this is how it would work I still don't think you'd get a dozen or so who would do it in a in a way that is trying to be open and transparent and trying to take the recommendations for what the recommendations for. And I don't know if accountancy terms they have something called substance over form and doing for the right substance. I think you would have some clubs who would try and do it the right way, but wouldn't end up falling in line with that for for different reasons. And you'd have those clubs who would basically have it in a form viewpoint and nothing else. Um, there would be no subs behind it from that side. And I don't think you're ever going to get out of that because I don't know how you regulate that well, to be honest. there's And, and the same way that you look at anything else that is regulated, such as whether it's um, FFP and stuff like that, there's, regardless of what it is, there's always a loophole that, organizations or individuals within other organizations will try and find. Um, I, I mean, we're looking at it right now and, and seeing some of the stuff coming out with Derby County and, and stuff like that with, with stuff. There's always things that will happen. Um, what you've hoped, for me, what you've got to hope is that, and, and again, you've got to look at this, there's enough clubs such as Cambridge uh, and, and let's put ourselves in that who are going to take this, do it for the right reasons, be able to showcase why it's beneficial to supporters and therefore why it's beneficial to clubs because there's no there's nothing that can come from a negative of having too close a relationship with supporters. There's no negatives in that ultimately. Um and and you just gotta hope that you move the tank slowly but surely and that, then it follow suit and move with substance. That Dave for me, so um you know in the end, this is kind of where you're sort of double role as being a, a director of the football club, but being the eyes and ears and the voice of the fans on there because of, you know, your your role as the elected director of the football club. You know, you are a, a fully paid up director um, and someone who's... I'm not quite. Uh, I wish I was. I'm still the employee, Kevin. <laughs> oh, no, I was, like, I was talk, talking about Dave. Sorry. No, um, I don't get I mean, paid. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to say, I got a promotion. Then I was lying. Yeah. <laughs> this is where... This is where you know for for with the best one in the world, Sean's, your you and Sean's role are quite different. With the best one in the world, you can't compare the two. Your journey has been as an activist, right? And you come in and you've retained that, right? And you this this is you know we've activists have argued about this for years, have argued for great better regulation, all that kind of stuff. Now, for me, a lot of what Sean's talking about. Um, and I know Sean isn't using it in this way. A lot of what Sean's talking about is used as an excuse for not regulating because what people say is, well, there'll always be a loophole. Um, so I'm slightly parodying what you're saying, Sean. I'm not criticising your view because I think you've got a point. But then that's where regulation works, isn't it, Dave? That actually the whole problem is that if you, if you um, 
is if you allow leagues, clubs and leagues to make their own decisions in this, they generally follow the path of least resistance, what's easiest for them, um, rather than whether the FA regulates the game or whether there's an independent regulator, someone else enforcing the standards. And that that's the bit that matters, isn't it, Dave? Don't you think? Yeah, I think I think all of this stuff is nice and it's all this stuff is very important. But if you don't have the regulator underpinning it, whether that's outside established by a parliament or whether it's the FA finally taking their role as the re retaking their role as a regulator, then all of this just will fade into into kind of a collection of patchwork. Dave? I think it has to have a regulator. And one of the things that he has to have is the power to enforce this. And he will have to probably tell, give the guidelines. But until that regulator happens, we're trying to do the best we can to be as open and transparent as we can and ensure that supporters have a, a say or knowledge of what is happening at their football clubs. I mean, going back to 10, well, 15, 20 years almost now, we, we sold our ground. We were given 30 days notice to raise the money to try and save it. That can't be right. That can never have been right. So if that helps a Berry or Macclesfield um, avoid being in the same situation and there is a period of time where supporters have to be consulted in advance, then that's the way forward. And if this is one step to get into that direct point, then I think what Sean and ourselves and some probably some other clubs are doing in trying to get more fanning involvement is a positive step. No, so, I, but, I, yeah. but I do agree. I, I think at the end of the day, football needs a regulator who is independent that we can go to um, as supporters or as football clubs and say, look, this isn't happening. But until that happens, we're trying to put in place the best that we can do. Yeah. And, and, and I, going to the EFL, I, I wonder if they're waiting to see what the, F, um, the Premier League comes out with. It's often how it works, mm. um, and it's understandable why it works that way because of the greater resources they've got. Sean, I mean, in the end, um, I would suggest um, that what will make this work, as Dave has suggested, is... Um, is someone it's not about saying look you're not being nice to the people who are in the room with you um, and when you open up the accounts you stand over them and you and you and you're cross that they have to see it or you don't like having to discuss the business plan the point is is um, this is where regulation away from the clubs and away from the leagues will will will, will, will make your habits as a club the norm isn't it? And and that, and you know you've got no problem sitting there and going through those things. Um, lots of people have because they've got they either don't want to tell people it because they don't like telling people things because they're not very transparent. They don't want they don't like that, or they've got something to hide. In the end, what we're talking about is saying we 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 need to basically regulate people to be more like yourselves and Cambridge United and say actually all of this stuff is a bit of a soap opera. It's not that much of a mystery. Here's how it works. Here's why it works that way. Um, have you got any questions? And actually, it's quite simple, isn't it? And all we're really talking about is enforcing the right of a group of people who are elected and representative to be able to see the stuff that people like you are already showing anyway. Isn't it? Yeah, for me, I think 
I don't know where the rocket science is it. No, I was going to say I'm trying to think where the where the the kind of the the resistance to to be transparent comes from 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 some clubs and organisations, and I and I possibly think it's you know they've they've come from private sector background and and therefore the regulator is auditing accounts and, and stresses you out or it's a it's a third party independent and the, the compliance and making sure that if you're advertising your insurances you're doing it and treating customers fairly and stuff like that and i was involved in that industry a long, long time ago so i remember when that was all all kicking in with which was then the fsa it's obviously now changed to to a different organization but it was the financial services authority but for me we've like i say with the with the shadow with the supporters board we've already had we've been fairly transparent anyway we sit down and kind of give it an update in terms of the budgets from that side of things and an impact on on the relegation or motion and, and what that means and we've gone through in terms of operationally what we've been looking at whether it's been club infrastructure or or commerciality and, and like i said we talked about season tickets before so i don't really have a problem with us trying to do something like this in advance and, and pushing it out because We've kind of been doing it anyway. This is kind of just for me. I don't see the point of having a fan parliament and a shadow board. I think the way we've operated our fan parliament is it's been operating similar to a shadow board, if not quite as formal as the recommendations set out for some time. Because that's how we've kind of moved forward on it. It's we haven't viewed our supporters board in a way that it's oh well, you know, can we make sure that the following people get um, a discount on shirts next year because of this and, and stuff like that? It's it's not those transactional issues. It's it's like this is deep club issues, and and we don't we try not to talk about the football unless you know we've had a decision where we've had to sack a manager, for example. In which case, it happened last year when Richie Rollins left the club, and um, and we held a supporters board on the back of that um, as an extraordinary one to kind of explain the process and then explain how the recruitment process would move forward and what the impact would that be. Um, because those supporters, whilst only 12 of them, do rep- represent a wider audience. Um, but also, they've got a channel to be able to then communicate out wider. Um, and you can't sit down with every individual supporter. We try to. We do meet the owners and we go on fan forums and, and stuff like that. But normally, those kind of attendance you get higher attendances when things are going wrong at those kind of events rather than things are going well. When people, things are going well, people kind of take a step back and it's it's trying to find the right individuals who will help take it forward. And I think they mentioned that earlier on. Getting the right individuals is really good. I've held loads of fans forums where it's been a marketing task force or an atmosphere task force and, and stuff like that. And, and you don't get the right fans. And by that, I mean, you get fans who want to turn up for a bit of a meeting and have a bit of a chat, but don't necessarily want to really engage beyond the meeting that you're in uh, and being an activist like David has been in, in his past life and, and still is and, and yourself, Kev. So it's, it is trying to find those right people. Okay, well, so, I mean, really, for me, it's, I, I, I would suggest anyone who, who, who wants to get um, an idea of how this is uh, meant to work, if they're implementing it for the first time, and there will be a lot who do, then is to, is to follow what, um, Doncaster Rose and Cambridge United are doing either either keep an eye on it or go and speak to them because a lot of this is about sharing the ideas that actually work out there and I know you know there are there are some clubs at the top who are doing this already Brighton have already brought in something similar um, but again I think there's a fault there's a there's a fortune there in that well it's intentional because 
the manner in which um, Paul Barber runs a football club um, is generally a very open and transparent way. He doesn't hide anything. They don't hide anything there. Tony Bloom's very explicit about that as an owner. But again, it's another example of a club you would expect to do it. What I want to start seeing is clubs I don't expect um, either adopting it or um, seeing clubs that struggle with transparency being forced to be transparent because in the end, that's the bit that will solve all these problems, I think. A lot of it will be just be knowledge of what goes on. So look, um, we'll probably check in again at another point because particularly with Dave, um, because of the process you're engaged in, it's, it's, a, it's a slightly longer process because you're doing the consultation on how it's going to look and everything. Whereas with Sean, obviously, you, you're kind of migrating something across. But we will check in again. And I, so, so I advise anyone to contact um, either of you. And if they don't know who you are, to get in touch with me and I'll very happily put them in touch with either of you. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Fan Engagement Pod. If you want to get in touch, email us at hello at fanengagement.net. Look for us on Twitter, Think Engagement, or on LinkedIn or Facebook, or check fanengagement.net. Listen via your favourite podcast app, search Fan Engagement Pod, and please like, subscribe and share. It really does help our visibility in a crowded podcast world. Yeah, yeah.